Welcome to the ASC podcast, Cytopath Pod. Join special guests to highlight ASC activities in cytopathology education, advocacy, and research. I'm Ron Balasanian, a professor of pathology at University of California, San Francisco. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to talk about um, giving to the ASC Foundation and some of the different ways you can maximize your contributions. We're very fortunate today to have Dr. Diane Davey, professor of pathology and an associate dean of graduate medical education at the University of Central Florida College of Medicine in Orlando here with us today. She's also a pathologist at the Orlando VA Medical Center. Dr. Davey is past president of the American Society of Cytopathology and is currently on the ASC Foundation Board. And she has served or is serving on several ASC committees. Diane, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much, Ron. It's good to talk to you about this. So yeah, I'm glad to be talking about ways to give. I've done a variety of ways um, in the last few years, and some of them have had tax advantages. So should we get started? Yes. I'd love to hear more about um, the tax advantages, because usually when I make a donation, it's just cash or check, and then it's an itemized deduction. I don't think about it more than that. Right, right. So that's what I used to do in the past. And I still do that occasionally. Like if there's a Facebook thing, I may put, you know, put in my credit card for a smaller amount. But, um, you know, itemizing taxes is not as easy as it used to be. I used to keep track of all the contributions by check or credit card and you and I itemized because I had a mortgage. Um, But that's not as easy to do. And there's some limitations on that. I do want to point out, though, that the ASC Foundation is considered a charitable organization for tax purposes. So whatever you can take take advantage of that, keep in mind that you can count it as a charitable contribution. I wanted to make more of an impact as I got more financially secure. So I started looking into other ways to do that. And one of the things I I did was um, I did some stock donations. Should we talk about that next? Yes, you had told me in the past that you donated stock to the ASC, and I'm very interested in how you made those arrangements. Right. It may not be, the stock gains may not be as much this this year. We know that. But I had some significant gains over about 15 to 20 years and some very good stock picks that I worked with my financial advisor on. And you may have that in mutual funds. I've seen that as well. So I was lucky to see those. And um, several years ago, I worked with the same financial advisor and he advised me I could donate stock. And the advantage for that is that you can take the entire tax amount as your deduction and then you don't have to pay capital gains. So if you had significant capital gains on a stock, and there may be other items besides individual stocks that you can use, you can avoid capital gains and and take the entire amount in deductions. So in the example I had, I was doing that for several years. And um, what I would do is I would let my um, stock manager uh, know how many, how many, 
um, shares of a stock I wanted to donate to the ASC. And I did this with a few other organizations as well. And I got from the ASC the, um, how they did that. So I had to get from the ASC staff where that stock would be sent. Then what happens is the ASC immediately sells the stock. Their fund manager will immediately sell the stock. And then the ASC staff, in this case, it was Joanne Jenkins, she would send me a receipt. Oh. And that would list the number of shares of stock and how much the stock sold for. So then um, when I did my taxes that year, I could claim the entire value of the stock now as a deduction. And that would not also, since it was no longer showing up, I wouldn't have to pay capital gains. So in the example I had, I had a stock that gained over four times over many years. So an initial investment in that stock of about $250 ended up being a $1,000 donation to the ASC um, a few years in a row when it sold. So I could claim that. And then I didn't pay capital gains in this case, you know, it was about $750 if, that, if we take the example I had. So it's a tax advantage. And I found that I could give more than I ordinarily would if I paid by check or credit card. Now, what happened when the U.S. feds um, revised their tax laws in 2017, that wasn't quite as helpful. Because I know we started doing a standard deduction most of the time at that point, and we didn't itemize our taxes as often. Some people will still have a lot to itemize, but a lot of people will start taking the standard deduction. And you could still take advantage of doing a stock donation by not paying capital gains, but I wasn't itemizing my taxes every year. So then I started to look into an additional an additional area, an additional way I could donate. So that was the donor advised funds. And we can talk about that next. Or do you have any questions about the stock contributions? Oh, I think the stock contributions are really interesting. So not only did you have a tax deduction by doing it that way, you also didn't have to pay the capital gains right, tax. Right. And neither, neither did the ASC. Right. Right. So, so you really a lot of maximize the things, your contribution. Right. So a lot of the mechanisms we're going to talk about today give you some tax advantages. And so that's that's I think what people should be aware of. So the next thing I did um, was I started a donor advised fund. And once the tax laws changed, my financial advisor advised that I set it up. So I used actually some of the stock that I still had that had significant gains. And I set up a donor advised fund. What happened with that is they, they transferred um, some assets, in this case it was stock, to this donor advised fund that was set up. I set mine up through Schwab, hmm. but you can do it. I know Van Vanguard has it, Fidelity has it. Um, there's also nonprofit organizations like the National Philanthropic philanthropic trusts that make these available. And I'm sure that there are others that you can find. They take the same assets. It's the same idea. They sell that asset immediately. And for that year, you can take a major tax deduction. So let's say, for example, that I set up my donor advised fund with a $50,000 asset. 
and I could take that $50,000 entire deduction then in one year. So even with the tax law change, taking a $50,000 deduction is significant and you, you could itemize your taxes. But then that donor advised fund I can use over many, many years and I can use it for many organizations. So not only did I contribute to the ASC this way, but I also contribute to a number of other causes that I support. Um, for example, um, charitable um, organizations in my community, uh, disaster relief, and so forth. Any organization that qualifies as a charitable organization. One thing I wanna emphasize is when you put your money or put, put assets of any type into a donor advised funds, it's what they call irrevocable. So you can't change your mind and say, well, I, I need to buy a new car this year. I want to take the money out. Um, you have to use it for charitable contributions. But, you know, if you're financially secure, that is possible, even, you know, with just a small proportion of your assets to do that. So um, I set it up and it's online now. If it's a major organization, let's say I donate to Doctors Without Borders and AmeriCare. So those are two I, I choose regularly because they have very high charity ratings and they're doing a lot of good work. You can just do a search and that's pretty automatic. Um, for an organization like the ASC, you would wanna provide their, um, the number, their, their number as a nonprofit organization. So they're smaller organizations, but you can get that from the ASC staff and it's, it's readily available. And then once you put it in there the first time, the organization, in this case, this, it's Schwab Investments, they'll check it out and make sure it qualifies. And then you keep it on your list and you don't have to do that every year. I have the same thing if you have a church or a synagogue, you can set that up the same way and it will save that information. So it's quite easy to do. I can check how much I have in the account online. This donor advised fund, it's, it's, like a mutual, it's like a mutual fund, it operates. So it's not that it doesn't gain anything. You can set it up to be more risky or not as risky. In my case, I set it up when there were a lot of good, um, gains, you know, in the market. So actually my donor advice fund is worth more than I set it up with. Um, Cause I had a number of good years. It's, it's worth, it's, it's lost a little bit of money this year, right? Because my contributions in the stock market, but that's going to change again. And um, if I do start depleting it, I can add to it with some more, um, with some more assets. So this is really good. If you want to maximize all your um, contributions um, by doing, by setting it up in one year, you can take a major, major deduction in your taxes and then use the account over multiple years. And so I, I like it that way. Now, what if something happens to me and I still have money in my donor advised fund? Well, you set it up like a lot of other assets. I have um, individuals in my family named to take over and continue then to use up that fund. Um, so I think, do you have any questions about that? Um, well, it sounds really great. It's like you have your own little mini foundation. Exactly. 
it's like I'm not I'm not quite in the area with Bill Gates, right? I don't think we are, but you can you can do your own um, your own, your own organization. And I know we're concentrating on the ASC today, but in my my account online, for example. Um, they'll have something like hurricane relief or um, Ukraine will often come up. You can choose even within some major organizations where you want to direct it. Now, with the ASC, I just send an email and I say, hey, I'm doing a donor advised fund donation. And let's just um, divide this between research and education and all of that and have the ASC or have the ASC use it however they see fit to do so. So it just takes a little bit of organization. You know you're going to be making donations anyway, so you're pre-planning it and setting the money aside and protecting yourself from getting taxed twice on it, basically. Right, right, exactly. That's great. Well, we were also going to talk um, about one other current way of giving that is IRAs. Um, and the future plan giving in our second segment of this podcast. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about that. Okay, and these are some areas I've read about. Yeah, I haven't done it myself, but I've read a little bit about it. So IRAs are another way to contribute. And that's a way, for example, my mother makes her um, charitable contributions because she's significantly older than me. But for some of you that are a certain age, you can probably do it now and others you can do it in the future. So the main thing about the usual IRA that we have set up, you know, most of us have set up and a lot of us have IRAs through work and maybe part of the money is um, put by your employer and you put some of the money in yourself. Most of the usual IRAs are pre-tax money, right? So you're not, you're, you're setting aside money pre-tax. Then you take it out when you get to be a certain age. So starting now at age 72, and that could always change, but starting at age 72, you need to take out required minimum distributions or RMDs. You'll hear that abbreviation used. Now, I'm not quite there yet, but I will be at mm -hmm. some point. And um, the required minimum distributions, when you take those out, those are taxed usually if you're going to use them. Now, I understand a lot of people will need to use them for their daily expenses, and that's fine. But if you don't need all of your IRA required minimum distributions or RMDs, you can consider donating them to the ASC. So again, that's that the, the amount that you donate is not gonna be taxed, okay? Oh. So you don't have to pay taxes on that. You're not going to take a deduction because this, this was pre-tax dollars, but you, you don't have to pay that tax now. And I think most of the time, probably when we retire, a lot of us are going to use the standard deduction anyway. So not paying taxes on that RMD can be an advantage and you wouldn't have to do the whole thing. And, and you could work with someone you work with on your IRA withdrawals to do that. One thing I want to point out is that you have to consider the type of IRA. There's a few types that may not be eligible. Um, I think the most common IRAs are. And also, you wouldn't do it for a Roth. Remember, the Roth is not pre-tax, it's post-tax. So you wouldn't see the same kind of advantage there. So that's something you can do um, when you turn 72. 
and older is you can consider um, the RMD uh, contributions. So instead of taking your money out of the IRA and then writing a check to the ASC mm-hmm. on money that you've had to pay taxes on, you just have it go directly from your IRA, skip you as an intervening step, and you save all that taxes and the ASC gets all that much more money. Right, right. So it's maximizing your contributions again, Ron. I mean, if I wasn't paying taxes on it, I would give a much higher contribution. I think a lot of us would. Right. That's great. That sounds really easy and and a good system to set up. But what about leaving an entire IRA account that you find you no longer need to the ASC? Right, right. So that's in the category of future giving. There's a lot of ways you can you can plan future giving. Um, and certainly naming the ASC as a beneficiary is one way of doing so. So you can just simply name the ASC foundation as a beneficiary. And then when you do pass away, um, that money will go to the ASC. And I think you can probably split it up as well. Um, that's something you could look at. But again, the ASC is gonna get that amount and then your heirs or your estate, they're not going to be, you're not going to be taxed um, the same way on that amount. So there's tax advantages for your estate and you can probably give more as well for that. Um, and, um, you know, you can do a number of, of charities, of course, remember the ASC there, but um, there's tax benefits. There's your, your heirs won't be liable for the income taxes on that. And depending on how it's handled in your estate, then you can also um, use use it as a deduction in your estate. So Um, this is sort of like naming the ASC in your will or estate planning. Yeah, yeah. Name the ASC in your will for other purposes. Yeah, you could you could name the ASC in your will, and here's probably where I'd want to work with an estate attorney um, on how to do that. Um, you could you can list the ASC for uh, an outright gift of a certain amount. You could probably do it proportionately as well. And as long as it's set up right in advance, that's going to um, decrease the amount of estate taxes you would um, you would pay. And it will also um, you know, it could be either decreasing the taxes or be a deduction in one of those ways. But again, it would be a way of maximizing the amount, giving more where, you know, because of the tax tax advantages. That's great. Well, before we finish, let's mention one other item that I find very confusing, and that is paid up life insurance policies. Right, right. And I have not done this, obviously, because I'm still alive talking to you. Um, So we, um, but you can name the ASC as a beneficiary again for your life insurance. Now we're talking about, about paid up policies. So you, there's different kinds of life insurance and you may have term insurance when those premiums stop being paid, you know, the insurance is over and some of the work policies that you may have, those are term policies, but these are these are more paid up ones. Things things like universal or or paid up life insurance policies. And again, you know, some of us have to provide for our heirs. But for me, 
I don't have to worry about providing for my children now. They're grown. And so my choices are leaving my life insurance to my estate, uh, naming some other beneficiaries and so forth. So you could include the AFC there. You can also actually transfer a specific life insurance policy to the ASC. And so they would, you know, actually own the policy. And then when you died, they would get the face value. Um, that again, I would probably work with an estate attorney on how to do that. But some of the items like just naming the ASC as uh, one of the beneficiaries or in, in part of your estate may not be as challenging um, as transferring a policy would be. Um, again, all of these things can have tax advantages by avoiding some of the estate taxes. So, um, you know, I haven't done that as much yet myself, Ron, but mm -hmm. I'm planning on meeting, um, you know, looking at my trust and my will in the next few years and, and setting things up. Wow, Diane, you've been just a wealth of information and your generosity to the ASC Foundation is tremendous. I hope people listening to this podcast can come up with some new ways to expand their giving. I know I have um, and avoid unnecessary taxes on a charitable contribution. This has been really, really informative right. and really helpful. Um, yeah. And I really appreciate it. Right, right. So I just want to, let's just sum up at the, at the end yeah. here as we're almost done. And so with current giving, obviously credit cards and, um, and checks, you know, if you itemize your taxes, definitely ASC counts as a charitable organization. But if you're, if you're um, not itemizing your taxes, keep in mind, a lot of times you can't take anything else off your, you know, your contributions are capped in your standard, uh, your standard deductions. During the pandemic, they allowed a little bit extra, but they may not do that in the future. So then consider donating stock consider setting up a, a donor advised fund. And so those are some of the things you can do now. And then that plan giving, um, IRAs, life insurance, bequesting your will, those are all things that you can consider, uh, including the ASC. That's wonderful. Okay, well, I appreciate the um, opportunity to talk to everyone. And um, I hope this has been educational. And um, I think that's all we have, correct? That's great. Yes, I think we've gone through everything and we really appreciate your input, your advice and your wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to CytopathPod. You can reach ASC on Twitter at Cytopathology or via email at asc at cytopathology.org.